So there have been some pretty high-level talks all the way up to the President of the United States with, with tech leaders that are on the forefront of AI technology. And, and there does seem to be an agreement that there, there should be some guardrails in place, some, some ground rules before this technology really, really takes off. But there are still... There are still companies out there that are skeptical of those guardrails, even though there seems to be a consensus up at the top. Garrett Devink is a tech reporter at The Washington Post, and he joins us. Garrett, good to have you. Thanks for having me. So what is this apprehension from some in Silicon Valley about regulations on AI? Yeah, so over the last you know year, as things like ChatGPT and all these image generators that have popped up, really showing that, you know, the capabilities of AI tech is kind of rocketing ahead. There's been all these conversations about how to build some regulation. And, you know, surprisingly, the biggest companies that are kind of most powerful when it comes to AI, you know, thinking about Google, Microsoft, OpenAI, which is the company that made ChatGPT, they've all gone to Congress and said, look, yeah, regulate us, which is, you know, a little unexpected for companies to sort of support that. And so, a lot of other companies, smaller companies who maybe don't have that kind of power, don't have, you know, millions and millions to spend on lobbyists, they're sort of skeptical and they're saying, well, you know, maybe these companies are pushing for laws that might benefit them, but might make it harder for smaller companies that don't have those same resources to compete with them. So that's kind of the situation we're in right now. When it comes to these discussions with these companies and government officials, where where do they stand on the the progress of of some of these ground rules yeah so i mean a lot of it has just been conversation and over the years we've seen tons of conversation about all kinds of tech regulation and essentially here in the u.s at least nothing has really happened because you know we have such political gridlock and those lobbyists are really powerful and kind of generally shutting things down but when it comes to ai there does seem to be you know this sort of emerging idea that there should be some kind of licensing regime so if you think about the fda and the way that they test medicines before they go out to the public, you know, they spend months and years sometimes testing, making sure things are safe before they allow companies to then go and sell it to real people. They're sort of suggesting maybe we should do something similar for AI algorithms. So, you know, a company might come up with a new powerful AI algorithm that can do all sorts of things. And before being able to put that into real products or release it to the public, allowing people to do what they want with it, they need to send it to the government. The government, you know, plays around with it for a, for a while, tries to see, you know, can I do anything? Can I create misinformation with this? If, if I asked it, ask it to do something, does it, you know, show a lot of bias or, you know, racism or anything like that before allowing it to kind of go out to the public? So that's the main idea that you see emerging here in the U.S., but also in other countries. The U.K. is talking about it. Europe's talking about it. So that's kind of where we are. Do some of these smaller companies feel like these these guardrails would stifle their progress into what can be created through their AI platforms? Yeah, I think the big concern is that if you do have to send your AI to the government to get signed off before you can, you know, start selling it, that's something that, you know, requires time. It's something that requires uh, you know, just being able to kind of sustain your business while you wait for the government to decide whether you can move forward or not. And I think the smaller companies feel that, you know, the bigger companies, they have all 
the engineers, the lawyers to be able to, to do that, to meet those kinds of requirements, maybe even to lobby government, you know, in support of their own tools. Whereas if you and I just started our own AI company and, you know, we took something that was open source, which is, you know, technology that's just kind of freely available and we started tweaking, tweaking it, making it unique and started to build our own product. Would that mean we would have to go and then wait six months for the government to, you know, say that, okay, it's safe before we're allowed to start seeing if people even want to buy it? And so that's kind of the concern. But, you know, I, you know, it's also important to sort of have that skepticism too, which is, you know, generally, you know, a lot of companies are kind of skeptical of, of AI regulation in the first place. And one of the ways that they can stop the government from doing it is by scaring them into thinking that it's going to cut into innovation. And so, I think the, the the main thing is, you know, AI is such a big question mark. We have no idea whether this technology will really disrupt our lives in the way that some people are saying, or whether it's just going to be something that will sort of fade into the background and we won't be talking much about it six months from now. So it, it's very open-ended right now. I'm so glad you, you included it, your, your piece in the Washington Post about Sam Altman, who's the CEO of, of OpenAI, who's the, the parent company of ChatGPT, um, He told uh, lawmakers that if this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong. And so I I do wonder if, to a certain extent, lawmakers see where maybe they were they were they were almost oblivious to the powers of social media. Is there a is there a sense that they don't want to make that same mistake twice if they if they can get involved and work with these companies early on, it doesn't escalate into a situation where things get out of hand? I think that's definitely a dynamic that's going on. I mean, we saw all sorts of congressional hearings about social media, but really only after the fact, after, you know, apps like Facebook had really become super, super powerful in our society, were used, you know, became a big factor in politics, uh, ideas spreading on those platforms, during the pandemic, you know, all sorts of conspiracy theories spreading on those platforms, you know, making people change their political opinions, change decisions about their own health care. And I, I think that the politicians felt that, oh, they, they really missed out on that one. You know, they want to be involved. They want to be, you know, show to their voters that they know what's going on in the world, that they're on top of things, that, that they've got things under control. And, I, and so I think they felt a little chastised by that. And this time with AI, you know, whether it becomes a big deal or not, they feel, oh, well, let's get ahead of it in some way. You know, I did a I did a story earlier this week where um, the idea of students, particularly in grade school, being harmed by this technology, like out in New Jersey, there was a high school where there were several different AI generated new nude photos of students mm-hmm. being circulated on social media. It wasn't them. They were it was completely artificially generated. And and that's one of the concerns, obviously, and a, and a serious one. But as we gear up towards a presidential election, one that has a lot of consequence, not only in the country, but on the global stage. Is there a worry from politicians that this technology will be used for nefarious purposes when it comes to this election? Yeah, I mean, you're already seeing uh, deep fakes, which is essentially, you know, a fake image or a fake video of real po- politicians getting out there. And I think that, that's partly why the politicians seem to care about this, because it's something that could directly affect them. You know, I mean, uh, no politician wants to see a video of them saying something potentially offensive that could be used against them that they didn't actually say. And 
we know that you know in our information ecosystem uh there's already a lot of stuff out there that just isn't true but people believe it because they want to believe it and so you know a deep fake doesn't even have to be extremely convincing to be able to push forward a narrative that mm -hmm. that might not be based on facts and so i think we're already starting to see this we've seen it in previous elections where people are just making things up and now that could be even more powerful because instead of just sort of you know writing something you could actually potentially very easily just someone on their own with their own computer without any technical skills create videos, images that look and sound like real people. Garrett DeVink, uh, appreciate your reporting on this. We'll catch up again soon. Anytime. 800-859-0957 if you want to weigh in on that. I want to get to a call here before we got to go to break. Let's go to David Rochester. Hello, David. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's going on? Like Ronald Reagan said, here we go again. All right, <laughs> let's do it. I got about a minute left for you here, though. Yeah, well, listen, uh, they, they have not wavered. They have not wavered U.S. one bit in their support for, for, for Israel in this regard of exacting retribution. All they're doing, all they've done is try to counsel them, say, look, everybody's going to look bad. If we're no better than them. If we go bombing, like uh, just to go after, uh, for instance, a singular terrorist in the hospital where we know it, we're going to destroy it. Whether we're no, we're not. We're not going to be in compliance with international humanitarian mm -hmm. laws, Geneva Convention laws. And guess what? Guess what? It worked because the four. Are you against the four-hour pauses? They're now conceding each day to make to allow help, to allow the Red Cross, to allow passages. I don't know that I would be on board with hardware. with four hours a day. Not 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 per day. You want to go every other day? Uh, I, I it can make the argument okay, for that. So, but 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 Dave, regardless, there has already been humanitarian aid being sent into Gaza, even outside these four hour pauses. I'm sorry, but I got to run. Have a nice weekend. We got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon.